we have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today. Hello and welcome to 50 Shades of Motherhood, uncensored, unhinged and unapologetic motherhood chats around the highs, the lows, the struggles, everything really. This week I am speaking to Ella Cookson all about her adoption journey from fertility through to IVF through to miscarriage right the way through to adoption so I look forward to sharing this episode with you and I hope you enjoy it Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. Today I am talking to the lovely Ella Cookson all about her journey through fertility and adoption and she will be telling us all about her story. So hello Ella. Hello Carla. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. The sun is shining. We've had a bit of a barbecue tonight, so I've got a beer in my hand, which is just great. So yeah, I'm I'm on cloud nine at the moment, to be honest, talking to a friend away from George for a change. So so (laughs) I'm looking forward to this. Um, so, So Ella, start, if you don't mind, by telling us a little bit about you, if that's okay. So yeah, I'm 39 years old. I have managed my own business for the past five years. I have a wonderful husband who I've been married to for 10 years and I have a beautiful little girl. Oh, lovely, lovely. 
I can't forget my two beautiful doggies as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> They're lovely little doggies as my well. <laughs> so Ella, rewinding back to the very start, obviously you and your husband got married. And did you, I mean, how, how was that for you? Did you decide you wanted children or is it something that you thought about later? So I've always wanted children um, from a young age. I've always had it planned, the names, how old I was going to be when I had kids and got married, all very much planned out in my own head. And then it all went drastically wrong. <laughs> oh, um, nothing ever goes to plan though, just no, ever. It, doesn't, it really doesn't. So uh, we got married um, and yeah, pretty much started trying for children straight away. Uh, but to be, to be totally honest with you, Carla, I had feeling in my early 20s I was going to really struggle to get pregnant um and I did (laughs) does it just come from nowhere that feeling because I don't know whether that's a girl thing though because I always used to think like that you know like maybe do you think it's when you want something so much it just you get that feeling or do you just was it a walk did you have something that made you think like that I don't know I think I've just always had that you know that sixth sense that bit of no, is it a sixth sense? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, where you just get a feeling that something's not going to, yeah, that something's just not going to go right for you. So yeah, I just had a had a feeling quite um, yeah, quite an overwhelming feeling really that I'd I'd had quite a lot of um, I'd had like precancerous cells and had quite um, you know when they they have to remove all of the oh. um cells and yeah. it, it went quite deep from what I what I can remember I was quite scarred from it um so yeah so I don't I don't well I think that may have had something to do with it as well but um, is that from your um smear tests Ella yeah so um I had smear tests because I when I started having smear tests you could have them as a as a young teen um and so I think I was I must have been about 19 I think when I had the first one that really came normal yeah and then I had to go back for um treatment where they um cauterized the cells oh gosh um, it's awful yeah yeah so I, and that didn't help the way I way I was feeling that I was gonna struggle um so yeah I've gone totally off track with you no no it's fine to be honest this is what it's about just being free (laughs) and to be honest the longer you talk the longer I can drink for so (laughs) it's a good thing for me um so Ella right okay so I get that so you guys got married and then you were like right we'll start trying so so Mm -hmm. what happened then after that then obviously it it didn't happen but I mean how long were you trying for then so we we were trying for a couple of years and then we went to um the hospital um and they put us on clomid which is i think that's like the first stage really if you if you're tr- struggling to conceive you generally put on something called clomid um and the chance of you conceiving is goes up through this medication that you you take and the chances of you actually having a um, twin pregnancy increases as well but we had absolutely we had no luck with that at all it wasn't what what does that do that clomid then does it like kind of make you ovulate or what what yeah it releases um don't quote me on this but if i remember rightly it really it's meant to um release more eggs right so um it it kind of 
I suppose prompts that um, if you if you're not um, ovulating every month or that type of thing, it will prompt your your, your body to ovulate. Um, but with doing that, it tends to a lot of times it, it can stimulate and you can end up with um, two embryos, so having twins. Oh wow! Right, okay. So, so I mean, I know because um, since since my twins and stuff, I was like to Danny, I was like, right, I just want another one. I want another one. I've spoke about this on a previous uh, podcast, so I won't bore you with it. But that fertility journey is like it's quite hard, isn't it? Like you know mm. that time of trying, then it thinking, oh maybe, and then you get that period again, and it's like oh sorry excuse my language but it's awful and it it just makes you like it can it can really rule your whole world um and it's so so hard so so I mean I've that's only been a few months for me but you know I completely understand um how hard that must be so so was that after a couple of years that you went on that Clomid then um, yeah, so we went on the Clomid after a couple of years and that didn't work. So then we started our first round of IVF the following year. Ella, do you get that free initially or did you yeah, have to pay? Yeah, so we, we, we got it free um, and we went, so we got it uh, through, through, a, through a, a hospital um, in, in driving distance from us and um but I had a really good feeling about this this IVF. I was really confident it was going to work, and um, I remember pulling up when we were having we we basically were having the um, we had two embryos um, implanted um, um, in, implanted. I think that's right. Yeah, word. yeah. It's so long ago now, Colin. I forget all the terminology. But um, I remember getting in the car after we had the, the um, two embryos uh, put back and um, the, I looked out the window and the car next to me and there was a little, you know, those little sun visors and it said twins on board. Oh. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this is, this is us. We're, we're going to have twins. Yeah, it was, it was a sign. And it was a sign because I did get pregnant. So I was, I was pregnant and I was oh. like, oh my God, I was like, on cloud now oh. can't believe it well I could believe it because I, I just you know again I got get these senses and I was like it's gonna happen it's gonna work and it did and I was doing pregnancy tests from like you know like five days before you meant to start doing them but I knew I was pregnant and I was getting all the signs and even like the stick even though it was too early there was still like a really faint line so it was like doing a stick every day like oh my god pregnant, pregnant. I shouldn't even know yet so um yes yeah, so you just want to check it's still there though don't you a lot of the time like, oh yeah but then you can get yourself in a like a, an absolute nightmare because I had a chemical only a few months ago and I tested early and I was like oh my god there's a line but then I started testing every day and then the line disappeared I was like and then my period came I was like no you know? it's awful oh I know mad, honestly. it really does so yeah so we we got pregnant and then um I, I was carrying on with work and just being an idiot thinking I'm blooming invincible and just carried on as normal I had like some mad like work sessions down down in London and was working like 18 hours a day on my feet all day mm. and um, ended up a week later 
um, I was down in London again um, and with work and I was ended up staying with a friend and I had a miscarriage in the middle of the night, didn't know where I was in London and I literally lay in this bed next to my friend just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually happening to me. This oh. is happening to me. And Did it wake you up, Ella? Or? Yeah, yeah. It, oh. I, I basically started to pass blood yeah. and you know and um and you know I waited for my friend to wake up and oh you can imagine I was in absolute agony um and um I said I I I think I'm losing the babies and um she was like oh my god oh my god and we got on a bus I was on a bus in London went to this hospital and they wouldn't let me in I was at the wrong wrong type of hospital so I had to get back or did we get in a taxi then I can't remember I think I got back on another bus and went to this other hospital anyway they got me straight into this room and um the woman the lady doctor that was dealing with me was absolutely fantastic all the while my husband's trying to call me like every two minutes and I wouldn't answer the phone because I, I couldn't tell him I just couldn't tell him and he was I, I knew he was panicking because I'd actually said to him the day before um when I was in London I was like I'm having a bit of um spotting I'm sure it's nothing um but obviously it started to worry him already and obviously rightly so mm. um how far so, were yeah. you Ella at this point oh it was about six weeks oh it's so, so hard it's so oh, so yeah. hard but you've already, you know, you, when you're already having, like, I was, like, off certain foods already. It was mm. so intense, like, the, um, I mean, I don't even know if that's normal, but that's what was it happening. It was, um, it was, it was so, like, intense, all the feelings and mm. all my senses and everything. Um, and you just love them so much already, don't yeah. you? You start envisioning your life with them and mm. how it's going to be, so... Yeah, so that um, so that happened, and then we went for another round the following year. Is that where you have to then pay for it after then? Is it you? Do you get one uh, go free, or do you get two? Well, we had we had two goes free, but I was really gutted about this because we had the second round free. Um, I'd gone through all the injections, and bearing in mind, I was literally working away at the time so I was literally having to drive an hour to the hospital well it's an hour and a half to the hospital then another hour and a half to get to work and then another hour and a half to two hours to get home and some days when you're going through IVF you know you you, you're at the hospital every couple of days and then you might have to go back for another scan and there's so much and so when you've got the stress of the your job and a high pressured job and then you're obviously on the motorway and then you've got the IVF as well it's a lot for your your body and your mind to kind of cope with so it was going through so all that thing that you went through the the year before as well you still have that Mm -hmm. on your mind and especially like when you're driving and stuff and your mind's thinking about it all it all it's just everything isn't it mentally and everything Oh yeah, definitely. So we went, we went through it a second time and it was free the second time. Um, but there was something, basically my, I did all the injections, went to have the, um, went for like this scan that checks your, um, it's like the lining of your womb or something is, um, the thickness of it. Yes. Yes. I've heard of that. And mine was too thick. 
So I'd gone through all these blooming injections, scans and everything. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even go ahead with the, um, with oh, the treatment. Oh my God. All that time driving all back and time. forth. And, the, and we tried to, um, we tried to like appeal, like to say that we hadn't actually had a second round of IVF and they wouldn't let us have another one for free. So that was our second round screwed. And then, um, yeah. And then we literally were like, Oh my God, because you when like you were saying earlier, Carl, when you, when you go in through this, you are literally, you feel like a caged animal. And I mean, I met a caged animal, like it, like a cage. Yeah. Like a caged yeah. animal. It, yeah. It's, it's and you you know it was at a time when all my friends were getting married they were all having hindus weddings abroad mm. and i was either go it couldn't couldn't go to a lot of the the weddings and hindus and stuff because i was like mid-treatment and it just didn't seem like right or i wasn't feeling good with it or you know emotionally wasn't in a good place and you know, it, it takes such a toll on your life and everything you do, like you can't book holidays. Mm. And it's, it is, I mean, it, when I look back now, you know, I think, I mean, obviously I'm in a completely different place now, but what an awful, awful experience to go through. It was, it was so, so difficult. And it's, it's such a lot that, you know, women and, and couples put themselves through to actually try and hope that the end result is going to be a baby I know I know and I think some people it's it's hard because I've only found this more recent but it's like when someone tells you they're pregnant you like I dread someone like sometimes saying it to my face because I want to look like am I smiling enough am I happy enough which I am for them but it's yeah. almost you're still a bit jealous and it's like well you know you can't it's you want to look like you're happier enough and stuff like that and you just think oh my god and if everyone knows you're trying you just you just feel a bit I can't explain it and you shouldn't feel like this but just a bit embarrassed like yeah it's 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 really hard and and to be honest with you Carla I mean me talking to you so openly about this now um which I'm absolutely fine with now but up until us having our little girl this this last 10 years I could count on my hands how many people knew about what we were going through because to be honest with you the amount of times when people ask me oh are you trying have you not got kids yet when are you having a baby and all the and quite intrusive questions and so personal because people ask these questions without having a clue what is actually going on and you're crumbling inside thinking what am I meant to say? And the, the problem is when people ask you a question like, are you wanting kids? Are you going to have kids? You know, how long have you been married? You know, all those kind of questions that are kind of leading to it. And the thing is, what I did and what, what I think a lot of people must naturally do when they're asked a question they don't want to be asked is you, you naturally lie because you don't want to say, you don't want to kind of say that's a really you know private question I don't want to answer it because obviously that makes the conversation more difficult so I mean I always and my response was always oh I'm too busy focusing on my career yeah which was but in the back of my mind I would wanted to say 
well, yes, I'm desperate to have a child, but you thanks know, for the you, reminder. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the reminder. Would you like to know how many times a week I'm actually having sex to yeah. try and conceive a child? <laughs> no. Do you like? Would you like to know how many times I've argued with my husband because we didn't have sex on that first <laughs> yeah. hour window? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it is. It is. And also, I think as a woman, it's like, it's hard because you don't, even though you shouldn't feel like this, but you feel like your body's like let you down a bit. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not nice to feel like that. But at the time when you're going through all this, I'm only saying it from my own personal experience where I feel like you feel just a bit like you don't want to tell people that you're not getting what you want either. And it's, you don't no, want to tell people not. that it hurts when they ask you those questions so mm-hmm. it's um it's really difficult and I'm glad you've mentioned that about the questions because that's something that I've meant um to talk about for some time because I've had friends that have struggled um to conceive and stuff and you know the questions they get, get asked and stuff I mean it can it can really make them upset and they go home upset and I suppose people don't realize that they're doing it I mean I've been one of those people that have asked them questions but only because I didn't know but I think people just don't realise at the time how hurtful those questions can be, really. You know what, Cole, that's exactly it. And that's why I've never taken offence to when somebody has asked me a question like that, because a lot of the time when people are asking you, it's coming from a a good place and it's coming from a, oh, hello, I've not seen you for two years, just bumped into you in the street. Um, I want to make conversation with you. Oh, you got married two years ago. Oh, you, you... thinking about having kids it's just a natural thing that people ask it's um Mm. and it's not meant in a in an awful way or anything like that but unfortunately those questions when somebody is going through something like what we've both been through it's it's the it's that trembling feeling that you have inside that's just you know that you just you know a bag of nerves basically and you're so upset um and it's like a trigger it is a trigger yeah and it's you know I used to I used to really sit down and just kind of have set in my head what I was going to say or how I was going to respond if I was asked that so I put on a brave face you know so I didn't break down and say well actually I just had another failed round of IVF and you know and just so yeah, but it's it's you know people don't do it in a in a in a bad way. It's just um, because you know for most people they don't realise you know what's actually going on and the and the, the amount of, of of women and and couples who have these problems that with con, con, conceiving. Yeah, well, I read a statistic today and they said like one in eight couples, uh, you know, have have infertility you know have infertility and I thought god that's massive you know it is it is um and I think a lot of it is the stress you put on yourself as well because it's Mm -hmm. like oh why is it not happening what's wrong with me why can't it happen to me so so oh to go through that for as long as you did as well it's like it's so hard and it does put strain on your relationship I imagine as well like for that amount of time yeah Uh, totally um so so where did you go from that um second IVF then what what happened after then well so after the second IVF um we had a good break because we wanted to go on a nice holiday and not have that stress so whereas you know a lot I mean god so many of our friends have been through IVF and been very successful um and had you know 
multiple children through through IVF, which is just wonderful. In fact, every single one of my friends has been through IVF has a child or children now. Oh, that's um, great to know. Um, but yeah, we had the the two rounds, and then we had a break, and I actually contacted um, uh, an a, an a, I can't remember whether it was in an agency or a, a, a council. I can't remember, but I. I contacted I put started putting some feelers out about adoption um but they said to me on the phone um have you finished with your fertility treatment is this a definite you know definitely it and I thought I'm not sure I don't know and my, and my husband was not sure about adoption so another two years later we went through again but this time privately and we went to a different um hospital um a why do they ask that ella is it in case you got pregnant and then you no longer wanted yeah that? yeah they yeah. they they basically don't once you start on the adoption journey they don't want you to obviously kind of they want you to be committed to it so so and we weren't sure at that time so we went private and we went through um a third round and um I said, do you know what? I think I don't know whether I had another round somewhere. I can't remember. But anyway, we had this round. Um, so yeah, 2012 we'd had the Clomid, 2013 we had the first IVF, 2014 the next, and then 2016. Um and it was all going really, really well. And we ended up with um 12th of April, seven, eight embryos. Oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah, and of those embryos, there were five that were grade one quality, which is just incredible. So we then decided that we were going to pay, I mean, it was expensive, but we were going to pay for this brand new testing where they test the embryos to see basically if that, um, if you're going to have a miscarriage or not with that embryo. So even though they were like a grade one um, embryo, they could do these tests on each one, basically so that I wouldn't have to go through five miscarriages potentially. Wow, I didn't so, know they did that. That, that yeah. sounds really interesting. Yeah, so it, it honestly, incredible technology. Um, so anyway, I was so grateful, you know, that we did this because they actually came back to us and said, listen, of the five, four of them you would have had a miscarriage with, even though they were grade one embryos. So basically they had took four lots of heartache out of it for us straight away. Oh my God, could you imagine that? Oh my God, it would break you, wouldn't it? After all that you've gone through already. So they said this one that you've got, this one embryo, you cannot get more perfect than this embryo. So we were like, oh my God, well, this is it. Hello, here is our baby. So we were literally like, oh my goodness, this is going to happen. So it was, um, it was frozen, which was a a positive sign as well. Um, What does that mean then, Ella? It's frozen. So when you, when you go through IVF, if you're lucky enough to get loads of eggs, which some, I've never had loads of eggs. I had like, like say seven, which was a lot for me. Um, but I, I was pumped with a much higher amount of drug to try and get those seven eggs. Whereas a lot of women can like produce, they might just have 25 eggs. 
Yeah. Um, Go on. You know, and then, you know, 20 of them might be um, created into embryos. So that, that, that can happen. Then obviously what they'll do, they might use one fresh egg or two, uh, one fresh embryo, or two fresh embryos and put, implant those into the, into the um, mother. Um, and then all those other embryos, they freeze them. So the in great case, is that in case the other ones don't work. In yeah, case or, one... or they want a sibling. So what oh. can happen is, so let's say you get pregnant with that first or the, the two embryos, um, and then you decide in another couple of years' time, oh, we've still got that bank of frozen embryos. Let's go back for another round. Now, the great thing about that is you don't have to go through all the injections. You just literally need to do one injection um, a couple of days before. Obviously, have a scan to check everything's okay. Mm. And then you can literally um, go in and have the, the, the obviously defrost the um, embryo. And the great thing about those embryos is if they survive the thawing process, then again, there's a really good chance that that's going to be a really good embryo because the fact that it's it's survived the thawing process. Wow. So uh, yeah, so that's that's so a lot of like siblings that have come from IVF will be from the same batch of of embryos. God, that's really interesting. So is does that count as the same? So even if it's siblings, does that count as, as the same round? So you pay the same and you can go back and get these yeah. extra Oh God, wow. Yeah, because you're not having all the drugs. Right. It's the drugs that is the expensive thing. And they've obviously done the big extraction, which is the um kind of not operation, but kind of well, I suppose it's like a surgery really, because you get um put to sleep but is oh, it like, well you're you knocked out um and they obviously then extract the eggs but the fact that you don't need to go through all that again you've just literally got your eggs in the freezer so you literally need the um stimulant to um is it a stimulant anyway you need you have an injection basically and then normally once two days later you go in and would have those um embryos put back in so how many would they put back in altogether normally? Is it two maximum or? Well, sometimes they put three in. Right. Just all depends. Um, they, I think the maximum they put in is, is three. So um, what, what, did you, what happened with your good one then? It was frozen and then it survived the, the thaw. Um, and then we put it back in a few months later when we felt we were ready. And then, yeah, so then you've obviously got that. I think it's like two week wait that you'd normally have. Mm. But I just knew, I don't know, you just get a feeling. I just knew it hadn't worked and it hadn't. So we, we actually want, went back to the, to the, the um, clinic where we'd had this private treatment done and they were like, you know, you've got a really strong chance of getting pregnant next time. And I thought, do you know what? No, my gut was telling me, no, don't do it. Is this and, to uh, pay for more? Were they wanting yeah, you to pay? Yeah, for another round. And I thought, no, I, c I can't do this to myself again. It's been going on. It, by this point, it'd been going on for eight years. And I just thought, do you know what? It's, no, hang on. No, it hadn't. It'd been going on for six years at that point. And I thought, I can't, I can't do it again. So we waited another year, year and a half. And then we decided we were going to look at um, using an egg donor yeah so we were going down that route 
and then we, we went through it all and um is it like a sperm donor that but egg guessing yeah. it sounds the same so exactly the same but it's just an egg donor instead of a sperm donor so because we we basically my um egg reserve was shot at i just basically didn't have any eggs left um mm. that's all it's, i've got a very low level of eggs left so is that what the is that what caused you not to get pregnant did they ever find out what what it was no. Never, they That's never so knew annoying. what it was. But anyway, we we decided we'd go with this um, donor egg. So we paid some. I can't remember how much it was, but we paid some money for this to be on this waiting list. And then I thought, you know what? What the heck am I doing here? I'm clearly not bothered about the genetics of the child. Um, oh. If I'm going to go through with a donor, you know, I've got to go on a waiting list for could be six months to a year um, for the right donor to come up. And then I've got to go through all, you know, the treatment of actually having this, the embryo put back in. Then even if I do get pregnant, it's another nine months of waiting. So it's, it was, I thought it's, you know, all in all, it's going to be about two years. I thought, why don't I look at adoption? Because at the end of the day, all I want to do is to love nurture and protect protect a child and raise them to just be a good honest kind person just a little person to just you know just raise in the right way yeah so I do not need to carry a baby to do that and to be honest the idea of actually carrying a child for nine months just has never been something that has appealed to me at all You'd be scared as well after a miscarriage as well. I do think that's quite a scary thing to go through, like yeah. pregnancy, a whole nine months of like panic and worry. Um, Definitely. So I said to Pete, I said, I don't want to do this donor. I said, um, I, I think I think we should look at um, adoption. Now, Pete wasn't up for it at all. Mm. Um, he, he was just like, but I don't, you know, when I look back now, I think there's so much kind of unknown. And, you know, like there's so much stuff from the past about adoption and mm. it all being a secret. And then when, like, the child becomes an adult, they find out that mm. they've been adopted and it's all been this horrendous, massive secret. And I just think there's been, you know, there's so many changes now um, that have happened. And... I think as well with that, Ella, when you say that, it reminds me, I think, but the thing is, why would people report the good stories? You know, Mm -hmm. like people are all very, it's like when you hear about restaurants, I'm not comparing it, I know it's two different totally (laughs) things, but you know, people say if you have a bad experience of a restaurant, you tell 10 people, but if you have a good experience, you don't really tell that many people. And it's the same thing with that, really. I imagine like there's a lot of amazing good stories, but People just don't talk about them as much, which is a shame, but that's why it's great to have you on anyway. So, sorry, carry on. No, no, it's fine. So, um, I'll tell you what happened, and I, and I really do think that, well, I know that this is the reason why we are where we are now, is um, I was coming back from a, a work event, and I was sat with one of the girls in my team on the um, on the train coming home, and uh, she said, I've got something to tell you. Oh, God. And I said, what? And she went, 
were adopting a baby. Oh God! They just melted inside. I was so overwhelmed with happiness. I was like, "Oh my God, this is incredible!" And I just straight away wanted to be on this journey with her, knowing all about it. You know, being by her side, and it was honestly, it was just, it was just the most incredible thing for someone to say to me we're adopting a baby and I came home and I told Pete and I was like oh my god my friends adopt us they're adopting a baby they've just started the process um and I knew at that point that it was gonna that was gonna have a massive turning effect on on Pete so I actually went through the whole process with our, our friends um and that whole journey and they are the reason that we have now adopted oh that's amazing so it is like someone you know because like they you you saw it all firsthand everything the whole experience definitely and when we you know I don't know whether you get this Carla but there's certain people that I meet in in my life and I just know as soon as I meet them that they are going to have a special imprint on me Mm. in some way and as soon as I met this friend I knew it was like there was just some instant bond and chemistry between us and and our relationship just blossomed in such a way through the whole through her going through the through the adoption process um, and I remember we went to meet their little girl when she first moved in with them and Pete held her oh. and it was at that moment that something just clicked in Pete and I think he realised that, do you know what, this, what am what I scared about? Look, look at this beautiful child, this perfect, perfect little girl that is you know, in their life and their little girl. And, you know, I can do this. And that was what gave him the confidence. And so that is why I think it is so important that, you know, when people are thinking about, you know, adoption, it makes a massive difference when you know somebody that has adopted and you have a relationship or you've met that child and it, it makes it all a little bit more real and, and less alien. Um, you know, that you can have a happy ending and there are lots of happy endings through adoption. Um, so yeah, that was, that was what turned Pete. That was what, um, got us to where we are and we're actually the godparents of that little girl oh that is so cute I love that so 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 from there then I'm guessing obviously you did the whole journey with her then so I mean what what's the process or I guess it's different for everyone but how, how did it work then for you guys so well the great thing was that because we'd been kind of they'd been through it and we kind of kept in touch obviously all the way through it they they were able to help and advise and support us with our journey so and give us an idea of like expectations and kind of you know what you know what to expect and how to deal with things and that type of thing so we um we we basically um 
we, we contacted, you, you can basically go through an agency or you can go through um, a council. Yeah. So you, you, the, you decide. First, you decide. Um, but the first thing I would say is have a few appointments with a few different, um, you know, agencies, um, councils, whatever it may be, just to get a feel and an understanding and you know if you do know somebody that has adopted and obviously i'm more than happy to help and support any of your listeners with this carla as well um but it's really important that you get a good a good vibe and a good feeling about whoever you decide to go with so we we sent off um this that we had this form sent to us we, we posted it back and within two weeks uh we had a meeting at our home and then it just so happened that the starter training was was starting two weeks later so we went on this two and a half day um training and it, it training's basically to give you open your eyes to adoption the type of children that um and the reasons why children are adopted um so it just just so you you're going in with both eyes wide open i think that's really good so it's transparent isn't it really it's very transparent so there's no kind of nothing's hidden which is important because you need to know what you're letting yourself in for now the the thing we found with the with the training was it was very much it was almost a, a little bit geared towards older children and we knew we wanted a baby so um a lot of the obviously if you if you're adopting an older child an older child is obviously going to come with a lot more complex um you know yeah things, they've, things they've seen are, a lot more they've experienced yeah. a lot more yeah exactly, exactly. so it's a, that's a bigger challenge in itself but obviously if you imagine a a baby that has um pretty much been taken from birth or quite early on in the in the in the in the process and then put into foster care and and stayed with the same foster carers that child obviously is so young they're not going to have the same kind of have had the same effect and same what's the word i'm looking for same i know um, what you mean like they're not they're not really going to know any different from yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so obviously it's 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 traumatic because it's obviously a change when they go from the parent to the foster parent and then the foster parent to the, to the adoptive parents but the in terms of their short little life it's not the same as a child that's that's older and might have been to two or three foster families and you know back and forth to their parents and all that type of thing so um there's a there's a lot that goes on but every situation and every child has got a different story yeah so um they really have so so you go on this you go on this training to have your eyes open basically um and you do a lot of like lessons and kind of um kind of workshop type things to kind of get you in the headspace of that of that child and their experiences and then you you you, you obviously once you pass that stage um you fill in some paperwork um and you you get things like there's a there's a form 
and you basically fill in what you will and won't accept. So it, it'll say things like um, epilepsy, Down syndrome, um, impaired hearing, impaired sight, um, disabilities. It basically has everything listed on the sheet. Mm. Um, you have to fill it out separately from your partner if you are with a partner. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people that adopt that are, are single parents. One of one of my best friends um, actually adopted a few months after after we did. Oh, um, yeah. So that's what I mean about the cycle. It kind of it, it it inspires others to to go on that same journey. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you you fill out this um, form individually, and then obviously you share it with your partner if you are in a in a in a relationship adopting. Um, so you can see the differences and then obviously you have to have a conversation about that to discuss why they wouldn't accept it and you would and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's things like the, your, your family network and getting like, um, like references from family and friends. Um, and then you, you go on to stage two, which is, so the first, I think the first stage was about four, four months, something like that, four months. Um, and then the second stage was about four to six months, I think. Yeah. And then in the second stage, you have a weekly, um, meeting and you cover things like your relationship, your family, your health your work, your finances, your upbringing. Um, so you literally, they go through everything with Gosh. you. So it's quite intrusive um, and intense. Mm-hmm. And obviously you, you go through, yeah, you go through a lot with it. Cause obviously, I bet you learn more about yourself then than you do your whole your life. <laughs> you do, you do. Yeah. And, and this is why it's, you know, I was saying at the beginning, it's really important that you have a good connection with the, you know, the, the um, council or the agency that you go with, because, you know, this person is going to be your social worker and they are going to know the ins and outs of you. They're going to be writing, you know, so many reports on you. Um, it's really important that you've got a good relationship with them and that you like them. So, so yeah, so that, that went on for quite a while. And then, um, you, you have to go in front of a panel of, um, of people. God, our panel was huge. Um, oh my God. Honestly, it was like a board meeting. I mean, I thought Pete and I both said when we came out, we were like, it's a good job we're used to board meetings <laughs> because literally for someone that's not, or someone that's on their own. Um, I mean, you, you could take someone, I'm sure, if you were on your own. Um, but there's basically... That's when you quite go... off-putting for some people, though. And it's a shame yes. because if that ends up, like, stopping their journey when they could have been good parents, it's quite sad, that. Yeah. I mean, you would hope that by that stage, you know, when somebody wants a child and wants to be a parent, that... They're, and you know your social workers there with you in oh, it. Oh, well, so you're not just turning up on your own. And there's yeah, no, they're, they're I've cute. just got pictures of dragons. Then I don't know oh, why. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like a mahogany room or anything like that. It's, it's clean and airy. And oh, oh. 
and and they make you they do make you welcome so they go around so there might be a doctor there might be a teacher there they'll be like uh, someone that's already adopted um oh wow be- so that's quite good so there's different different people from di- different walks of life tend most of them will have adopted um oh. you know that are, that are part of the panel um and you get briefed before you go in i mean you, you get briefed a few weeks before on the four questions they normally ask you about four questions so and they're not i mean they're not bad questions they're things like um you know how what why do you want to become a parent why do you want to be a parent um you know what are you most looking forward to about becoming a parent it's that kind of thing so oh it's not, yeah it's just more to I suppose seal seal the deal and it's yeah it's just like the, you know so this board of people have basically given the final go ahead to say yes this is a a good person who will be a good parent um and we're we're happy you know well, for them to, to adopt a child so it's um and then you come out and then they literally they literally came in the room after about three minutes and said you know it's a over you know it's a unanimous yes um oh. and um you know they, they were obviously really happy for us and um we'll have the paperwork uh to you so anyway they, they said obviously it was a yes and we could um well hang on i'm just trying to think was that the that was the end i think that was the final panel was there a panel before that i think there might have been a i think there might have been an earlier panel um I suppose their job is to make sure that child goes to a a home um, and, you know, a a long-term home where parents really want that child, don't they? So Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of vigorous checks that they go through Mm. to make sure. And But the thing is that once you've been approved for adopting, it can then happen really quick because we we actually... um, I got a, a text off our social worker saying, hi, can I come and see you on Friday? And it was Monday. We'd, we'd literally, or Tuesday, we'd been in and we'd literally just had the approval that we could adopt. Um, and then we, we, she was coming to see us on the Friday and Pete and, Pete and I looked at each other like, she's, she's, she's going to show us a profile. I know she's going to show us a profile. And anyway, she walked in and lo and behold, she had a profile with her of a child. Um, now, we we know in our hearts of hearts from the profile that we saw that she'd been kind of you know lining it up for us so to speak she'd found we knew she'd found the right without she didn't say she was very professional she didn't say it but you know you just get a feeling Mm. that child she'd kind of had lined up for us for a while um so anyway we read this profile and so they said, tell you all about the parents and stuff and the, yes, the, you know, everything. the profile right. has everything in it so you you read the profile and you you don't need to decide there or then there and then but we literally read it and we were like oh my god yeah this is the right child for us um have you got a picture and oh. then he showed us a picture and we just started crying we were like oh my god oh god we just knew we just knew so we only saw one profile but 
that we worked really well with our social worker and you know the right child for us came up um at the right time it was all you know it's all just kind of was meant to be but you know for a lot of new adoptive parents they might see three four five six profiles or they might be handed six profiles to say have a look through these see if these are the right any of these are the right child for you um they normally come with pictures um so you can see the child there might even be pictures of um the birth parents in there um and you can you get basically get a whole story about what's happened the journey the child's been on the journey of the parents um you get to know everything basically so Ella, with um, a baby, for example, then is it is does the parent have so long to kind of almost change their life, and then they could take the baby back at any time, or like as soon as you've adopted, is that it? Like where where does the line kind so, of start? Well, there's different types of um, adoption. So there's concurrent care, which is where you basically get a baby straight from hospital and they haven't got a plan yet so you you're basically a foster parent but then you might become a parent depending on the plan of the child so that's a really risky way of doing it especially you know if you like what we were like where we just wanted it to run as smoothly as possible we didn't want that um break your heart wouldn't it sending them back yeah definitely Mm. so that's concurrent care um then there's a another there's there's fostering to adopt, which is where there there are things in place that the child is going to go is going to be adopted, but there's still the court hearing and a bit of a process to go through, mm. um, or there is the straight adoption, which is what we went through. Yeah, yeah. Now we had quite a bumpy ride if I'm honest, a very bumpy ride. So with the rest of your story, you just think you couldn't you couldn't have a smooth ride, could you, Ella? I mean yeah. from start to it's so cruel. But no, it well it's it's been ten years it was ten years basically, ten years oh. of wanting and hoping and finally getting a child. It took ten years. Oh my god. So it's it was a very, very long journey oh. for us. So um, so so was it difficult then what kind of finalizing this I bet imagine once you've seen that child you had your heart set on that child oh, it's yeah. just like oh god and still not fully like agreed then I'm guessing it was all it all should have been really smooth running but without going into details yeah, of course there was issues with the court hearing mm. date back and the next court date available was 3 months later so we should have got our little girl basically five months before we got her oh my god that's just like sleepless nights isn't it because you're still not like you still can't say 100% that that's happening I'm guessing until you've actually got it agreed is that right or yeah it was it was just it was hot it's it's so different from like IVF in terms of what you're going through. It's a different kind of pain and torture that you're going through. But this was like when we were so close to having our baby and then 
obviously for them for it to be prolonged so long and it it was it was basically it was so touch and go at one point that they said do you want to start looking at other profiles oh no yeah. oh my god i bet you were heartbroken oh yeah it was awful i remember we were on holiday in um we we're on holiday in bali and i'll never forget i was looking at i sat on a sun lounge looking at profiles of, of babies oh. and i thought is this actually happening because we oh. booked holiday basically to kind of because we knew we weren't going to be getting her till later on so I thought right so let's just go away and just have some us time and just try and you know make the most of this time before we do become parents but we decided to obviously stick and uh, we were gonna we were gonna fight all the way till the end so yeah so just with what you were asking me about um do the parents have time to once the adoption has been agreed that the child is going up for adoption, mm. that's kind of that's kind of it. Mm. However, at the final hearing, the birth parents do get the chance to go to that hearing and have their say. Gosh, right, so yeah. Don't actually, you know, it's still even though you've been told. You know, so we uh, we we went. This went on for uh, an adoption process. If it runs smoothly, should take about a year. Yeah, I'll, I'll put two years. Gosh, but well worth it, though. I imagine. Oh, honestly, Carla, it, she is the best thing that could have ever happened to us. Oh. And if I knew now, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have just adopted from the start. Yeah, but then you think at the same time, if you didn't have your full journey, you wouldn't have had her. So then it's well, a good thing in a way. I but might be my third child. Know, <laughs> yeah. My... yeah. Oh, no, that's amazing. So uh, how has been a new mum affected, like, your life? Has it changed? Obviously, I imagine it's changed it for the better, but has it affected your career or...? Well, no, it's not affected my career at all. If anything, it's affected it in a in a positive way. Um, I, with obviously with me being self employed, I um, I'm able to work around her. So um, basically, I'm I'm with her obviously all day every day, oh. and then when she's having her nap, I'll work, and then when my husband gets home from work, I'll continue to work in the evenings so I, I've got that kind of I've got that flexibility really with what I do so I'm able to um, I'm able to work around her and, and look after her full time so it's um, it's but yeah it's she's she's she is a very very good little girl so we're, we're very lucky in that sense as well um, but no it's, it's just working absolutely great just oh. with having and me still being able to work and yeah. building my business in the way I am. So Ella, what is it you do as a job then? So it's, um, I'm in direct selling for a company called Tropic Skincare. Yeah, I've been doing it for just four and a half years now. So um, yeah, it's, it's been life-changing for me. It really has. So yeah, so it, it, it keeps me busy, but obviously during this journey that I've been on for the last 10 years it's um it's given me a real sense of 
escapism and just something else to focus on. Wow. Wow. Oh, no, that's really interesting. So with her then, I'm guessing, you know, will you just keep it as like as transparent as possible? Is there anything that she would need to do when she's older that's, would she be expected to kind of, it's not a nice question, but get in touch with them or like, or could, could she, or do you just kind of leave, how do you work that? So or, she'll she'll know from as soon as she's old enough to understand, she'll know that she is adopted. Um, mm. And if, she decides when she's older she wants to go and find her birth parents be in touch with them i'll i'll we'll drive her to the house that's oh. we'll drive them wherever they live and we'll take them there take oh. her there it's absolutely fine we we we've always said that we'll be totally transparent she'll know everything you know she's being brought up in a really loving nurturing home you know and she will always feel loved she will always be adored and so yeah we'll just you we just you just have to cross that bridge when you come to it yeah fully supported whatever she decides whatever decision she makes she'll be supported and we'll we'll do whatever she wants us to do that's amazing honestly it's just God, I love it. I just love that whole story. So is there any advice you can give to anyone that's thinking about adopting? It might be someone that's single or it might be a couple that, you know, um, have infertility problems. Is there anything that you, any advice you would give or anything you I would say to I them? would say just to, um, if you know somebody that has adopted, to have a conversation with them and have a, have a chat. Because I think it is the unknown the unknown's scary, isn't it? Mm. And I think for a lot, for most people, adoption is kind of the scary last resort, I would say. Um, Sadly, yeah, it is. It is, Carla, it is is the last resort. And and that makes me feel quite sad now I'm on the other side of it because, Mm. you know, it's, it's such an incredible, rewarding thing to do um and you know now when I speak to people like oh we're we're actually thinking we might adopt our second child or our third child I'm like oh my god just do it do it it's it's the most rewarding thing you could possibly ever do and you know it isn't it isn't scary it isn't you know there are a lot of unknowns along the way but there's unknowns with you know conceiving or going through IVF there's unknowns with everything oh gosh there's unknowns during pregnancy you know you just don't know and the the thing is with the adoption you know if you want a little girl you can have a little girl if you want a you know a, a little boy that's nine months old you can have a little boy that's nine months old oh. you, know, you can you can have and they they really do you know do everything to like match you so it's a you know the right child for for you um and you know if you're not like I say if you're not happy with the profile you you don't go ahead with that with that profile um you you have keep looking and you keep looking and and getting your social worker to show you more profiles until you are happy and have you yeah. got any plans for any more or yes most definitely yeah oh, i love that yeah love that. i hate to adopt another one yeah it's um do you have a limit on how many you'd adopt ella or not or do you just think you'll just <laughs> yeah. keep going I, I don't have a limit at all um I, I i would love i'd love to 
I see myself with three children, so um, I, I certainly want three. I mean, obviously, we'll see how number two number two goes. But <laughs> I would I would like three. I just feel like you know this is our opportunity to give a child a better chance at life, and I just think you know I want to help as many children as I can yeah no I absolutely love that I really do and honestly I'm sure this whole this whole story that you shared with us and thanks so much for doing that because I know it's quite difficult um sometimes but but I think the whole thing is just beautiful like you know the whole how you've ended up where you are and you know just the whole adoption story I mean, how you've ended up with the little girl of your dreams is just lovely. And I'm sure that some people who are listening, it might actually make them think twice about adoption too. Oh, I hope so. I just, I wish, I wish I could just implant in everybody's heads what I now know and just, you know, give people the confidence to just make that call. Because the thing is, even if you do make the call and, and have a have a visit and or a, a phone conversation and just start the ball rolling, you know, you can you can always go back to it at a later date. Um but yeah, I just I just think and there's there's adoption like um I don't I mean obviously I don't know whether they're doing them at the moment through Zoom or whatever, but you, you can have there's days, adoption days, so you can go and find out about adoption and see if it is the right um option for you. There's so many children out there and you just think, gosh, you know, like if we can all help. Oh god, I'll end up with eight. You'll see me walking down the street with eight. <laughs> Oh God, I can't even brush my own hair at the moment, you know, let alone put my naked foot. <laughs> oh God, don't, don't leave me loose with this because I, you know what I'm like, once I get an idea in my head, but I, oh. I honestly, I think, you know, if our, if our journey, you know, if we end up not having any more, it would definitely be something that I would think of anyway. Um, I've always thought about it and it is something that I personally would really love to be able to do so. Can you tell people um, where they can find you as well? So if they've got any questions or anything we've not covered, are you happy for people to pop your message over? Yeah, of course they can. Um, if anyone wants to connect with me on Facebook, it's Ella Cookson. Okay. And if anyone wants to connect with me on Instagram, it's Ella Cookson and then the number one, Ella Cookson one. Ella, thank you so much for today. I really, honestly, it's been lovely um and and uh, rather sad in some points as well because obviously I've known you quite a while I didn't know all that so um thanks so much for for sharing all that with us oh you're very welcome I've been I'm happy to to help and I just hope it's um even if it just helps one person to just say right come on let's go for it then it's been worthwhile I love it thank you so much Ella You're very welcome. Lovely to chat to you, Carla. And you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you guys did too. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, which I really hope you are, and if you've got this far, why are you still listening if you don't? Um, but I would absolutely love you to subscribe and leave me a little rating. It means the world to me and also helps me out massively, especially when I go to Danny 
and tell him that I'm going to be doing series two, fingers crossed. So I look forward to speaking to you next week and keep an eye on the Facebook page and Instagram so you know who the next guest is. You will absolutely love it. I know it. This podcast is sponsored by My Bump to Baby Family Protection and Legal Directory. Being a parent is such a minefield. It's so difficult deciding who to select when it comes to financial advice or family law solicitors. My Bump to Baby works with one trusted financial advisor and one trusted family law solicitor in each town throughout the whole of the UK. To find your nearest advisor or family law solicitor, head over to www.mybump2baby.com forward slash family protection legal. We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free? Or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today.